Hello and welcome everyone to the Bring the Sting podcast. As always, this is your host, Evan Birchmore. Today is Monday, September the 19th, 2022, and we continue our player preview series with Kelly Oubre. We'll take a look back at his performance a year ago, and I'll preview his performance this season, including what I believe he needs to improve upon the most and what I would consider a successful season from Kelly Oubre. Guys, thank you for tuning into the show wherever you are and however this may find you. Thank you for tuning in as we sit now just 30 days away from Charlotte Hornets basketball. And with that said, let's continue the jersey number countdown with number 30. And there are four entries on this edition of the jersey number countdown. Del Curry, Joe Wolf, Troy Daniels, and Nate Darling have all worn the number 30 jersey, guys. And the season will be here before you know it as the jersey number countdown continues along. Keep up on Twitter for that, Instagram, and as always, listen to the show for those bits as well. All right, let's go ahead and dive on into it, guys. Kelly Oubre, a guy who I think was a fairly big signing for you in free agency in 2021, right? You look at just the the context of the Hornets are not a free agent destination. We generally either have to overpay guys, get past their prime veterans, or you get a guy like a Kelly Oubre, who is a good player and had done some good things in Washington and Phoenix and Golden State, but his market kind of dried up. And I don't think the market was as robust as he thought it would be for him and for his services and as you know his people thought it would be. And you end up getting him on a pretty good bargain later on in the free agency period last offseason. Now you look at his performance in the first half of the year, it looked like a total bargain of a contract. I mean, he was a kind of a sixth man of the year candidate. He was was just shooting lights out. And really the second half of the year brought some struggles, brought some inconsistency and some inefficiency that was just hard to overcome. And so you look at his total performance for the year, guys, 15 points a night, four rebounds, one assist, shot 44% from the floor, 34.5% from three, 67% from the foul line. And the numbers look, you know, decent. They're good. They're serviceable, right? You like to have that off the bench. But you look at the splits and shout out to at Mavs draft on Twitter for tweeting this out. Guys, in his first 39 games of the year. Ubre put up 16.6 points, four rebounds, 1.2 assists, did register two steals a night, and was shooting lights out, 46% from the floor, 38% from three, on 13 attempts per night. Now you compare that to his final 37 games of the year, 13.3 points, four boards, one assist, shot just 41.5% from the floor, 30% from three, on 11 attempts per game. So really what jumps out to me is this. The scoring goes down by over three points a game. He goes from 16.6 to 13.3. So you drop off your scoring by over three points a night. And your field goal percentages, guys, particularly from the floor as a whole, from 46% to 41.5%. So a 4.5% dip. And from three, from 38% to 30%, just basically fell off a cliff from three the second half of the year. And his attempts went down 11 shots per game. So whether that was mental, whether it was just couldn't get in a rhythm and a groove. I think he's the classic example of a guy who when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he's way off. Right. So like hot and cold, right. You take the good with the bad and there's some inconsistency baked in with Kelly Oubre. Right. But I dug a little deeper on those stats. You go back and look at his highest scoring performances last year. 
of his 14 highest scoring outings last year, guys. All of them came on February 25th or before. So the end of the season was not kind to Kelly Oubre, right? His his best scoring stretches were all before the end of the year. Did not play that well down the stretch. And another thing that jumps out, guys, 50.4% of his scoring production came on the three ball, came from beyond the arc. That was the highest percentage on the team. So this is a guy who, when his three-point shooting goes from 38% down to 30%, it's not going to go well for him as far as scoring production is concerned, right? He's not a guy who really gets to the rim at a high rate. He's not a guy who gets to the foul line a whole lot, not a guy who really has any sort of a mid-range game to talk about. Like, he'll get the open layup, right? He'll get out in transition, and then he'll knock down the three ball. And that's kind of it as far as his offense is concerned. Capable of lighting it up. I mean, who could forget eight three-pointers in the fourth quarter against the Pistons? Made a run at the NBA all-time record for threes in one quarter. Four games of 30 or more points. Had the two highest scoring bench games in Hornets history last year. Had a 39-point game, a 37-point game. But just the inconsistency, guys, that's really what it boils down to. And he's a guy who I wonder, with this new coaching staff, with Steve Clifford, with hopefully increased emphasis on team defense and just better team defense, right? He's a guy who scoring and shooting can mask a lot of deficiencies, but when scoring and shooting wanes and drops off, as it did for him in the second half of the year last year, what else can you do well? And he's a guy who his defense is not that great. His playmaking, I mean, averaged one assist last year, doesn't really distribute the ball ever. So is he a guy who, how how prominent of a role will he have on this team? Now, I think he starts the year with a prominent role, but but you, you need to hit the ground running, scoring and shooting, or else I think things could get a little dicey for him in the rotation. You take a look at some of the advanced stats. Net rating, guys, he had a negative 0.2 net rating. And interestingly enough, Ubre and Gordon Hayward, your only season-long rotation players who were in the negative as far as net rating is concerned. And they play the same position, so that's got to improve. Ubre had a PER of 14.9, which is basically just about average, like 15.0 is kind of that placeholder average for that stat, right? So 14.9, just a tick beneath that. You don't love that, but again, he's He's a guy who I would be interested to see what it was, you know, halfway through the year last year. So again, you just go back. I even dug deeper into the advanced stats when he, so 15 points was his average when he scored less than 15 points last year on average, he shot nine attempts per game in the games he shot or rather in the games he scored less than 15. He shot nine times per game. That was 36 games when he had his average or more, right? So he had 15 or more points on 40 occasions, in such games, he had 15 shots. So he's a guy, when it's going, it's going. And when it's not, just it's it's really not. Three points in the playing game against the Hawks did not show up for that one. And look, I'm a believer still. I know that, look, I'm not expecting a trade to come down. I know he's, if you're looking at trades and kind of reshuffling the deck, he is a logical candidate because he just has one year left on that deal. But on the premise that rotation is the same, roster is the same, I'm a believer in his ability, but the consistency is what it all will boil down to. And the consistency is the name of the game for Kelly Oubre, which leads me into area for most improvement this season for Kelly Oubre, right? And that just goes to his overall consistency, right? 
again, those splits first half and second half of the year. And he's a guy who just looking at his career as a whole, I think the second half is probably closer to what he is, but the true Kelly Oubre, I think is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, again, if you just look at his career stats, it gets pulled down a little bit by, you know, like his rookie year did not really have that much opportunity with the wizards, his first two years, really. And then he's been a double digit points guy ever since. His career year was in Phoenix a couple years back, averaged basically 19 points a night, six rebounds, shot the ball fairly well from three. That was his best three-point shooting season of his career in 2020, the COVID-shortened year with the Suns, right? But more consistency out of Kelly Oubre, that's going to be the key. That's got to be where he improves the most. And the opportunity, I think, will be there. Right, I think the opportunity will be there for him, and the Hornets are going to need him to have a good year, to have any shot at a postseason berth, any shot at that 10th seed, which I think is the ceiling for this team. All hinges on Kelly Oubre having a consistently good year. right? And again, that's not even to say he has to be as good as he was the first half of the year or that he has to be as good as he was that year in Phoenix, but just more consistent across the board on a night-in, night-out basis. That's going to be what I'm looking for. And that leads me into season will be successful if. And for me, it's simple. It's find that middle ground between the first half and second half of the year last year. I'm not even asking for him to be what he was the first half of the year, right? Kind of that fringe sixth man of the year candidate. Whether you want to say it was a fluke or not, he was shooting the lights out from three-point range. So maybe that's not sustainable. But to go from 38% down to 30% it is pretty stark. And so I do think he's capable of more consistency than that. And that's what I'm looking for in order to define a successful season. Season will be successful for Kelly Oubre if we just get a consistent version of whatever the best he can be for this team. Give us that for all 82, right? Give us that in March, in April, as well as you do in November and December. Guys, one more stat I ran. I actually ran this in Excel a while ago, and I tweeted it out. I did the standard deviation and scoring output for the top nine rotation players last year for the Hornets. A lower scoring standard deviation means that there was less variance between their point totals. Basically, a lower figure in this stat means that, that they were more consistent in however much they scored. Higher standard deviation means they were less consistent. Right. So of your top nine, it was Mason Plumlee, Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward had the highest standard deviation. Kelly Oubre was second. So two guys who, you know, mostly play that three spot, the same position at small forward, where you're, you're essentially the, had the most variation in their point outputs. That is going to be something that needs to change this season. And look, really high usage kind of can equate to high variance, right? You look at Mason Plumlee, who had the lowest standard deviation, right? And he was a guy who you didn't really run offense for him. So look, his consistent like eight points a night or whatever, you know, is a little easier to wrap your head around than Ubre, than Hayward, right? Both guys can go out and get you 30 points, but could also, you know, score less than 10 on any given night. So you look at that, just more consistency from Kelly Ubre, though. That's going to be the name of the game for him. And I keep hammering home that point, guys. That's what I'm looking for this year. Can he be a, a 35% three-point shooter throughout the duration of the season? Can he even give you, you know, 15 points, but throughout the duration of the season? Because again, you look at his averages and they were fine, but it was really strong in the first half of the year and pretty weak in the second half. 
And I think if he can just put his averages and post his averages on a nightly basis, all 82, that's going to be more beneficial for the team as a whole and for team success for the Charlotte Hornets guys. So that's what I'm looking for. Just more consistency out of him leading into getting a, essentially the middle ground right between first and second half Kelly Oubre that to me qualifies as a successful season for Kelly Oubre. All right. So that will wrap up the Kelly Oubre preview portion of the episode. A few other news items to touch on before we close out statement edition jerseys were released last week, guys. And personally, I like them. I don't love them, but they are, in my book, a massive upgrade over the CHA purple jerseys, the Cha jerseys from last year, right? The now infamous Cha jerseys. Twitter hated them. I don't think many Hornets fans really liked them at all, so I'm glad to see they moved off of those. And look, the new ones aren't spectacular, but they're fine. They do their job. It's kind of hard to mess up a Hornets jersey, so you know, just stick it with the purple and the teal, and I think it looks good. The statement edition court as well. They will have a a unique court design as well to go along with those jerseys. And I do like the court design. I'm interested to see it, you know, in person, see what it looks like actually on the floor there at Spectrum Center. But they'll be wearing those jerseys and have that court design on all the Saturday home games this year. Uh, So that's pretty neat, as well as their final Sunday home game. It's against the Raptors. It's on April the 2nd this season as well. And then they'll wear them for a few away games as well. Obviously won't have the court design for the away games, but we'll be rocking the jerseys. So that's pretty neat. I do like that. And and look, we all love jerseys. Again, it's peak off-season content, right? So taking a look at those, I do like that. They will have the number six patch to honor the late, great Bill Russell. So I like that. The uh, Lending Tree logo as well, corporate sponsorship, and the Jumpman logo as all the Hornets jerseys do. So all around solid jersey. I mean, again, not my favorite, but I don't hate it. I think it'll be fine. Curious to check them out live and in person uh, pretty soon once the season gets tipped off. And the final news item, guys, again, have to mention it, the ongoing saga with Miles Bridges. He was back in court on Friday. Case continued yet again. And he'll be back on September the 29th. Training camp opens up September 27th. So it will drag on into training camp at the very least. Probably longer than that. Again, preseason tips October 2nd, regular season on October 19th. So I don't think we're very close to a resolution with this, unfortunately. But did need to provide that update as well. And that'll do it for episode 63 of the Bring the Sting podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. We'll be back with a new episode on Thursday, September the 22nd, previewing Jalen McDaniels and the newest entry into the Player Preview Series podcast series, guys. Thank you all yet again for tuning into the show. And until Thursday, go Hornets.